Will Keegan Murray be a top 10 pick in the NBA draft? We'll talk about that on today's Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Our Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked on Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Ray Hillpiper, and before we get into things today, I want to <clears throat> excuse me, I want to take the time to thank all of you for making the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts at, and also on YouTube by searching Locked on Hawkeyes. So the first thing I want to talk about today is Keegan Murray. As you know, one of Iowa's standout players, a standout forward for the Hawkeyes this past season. He did declare for the NBA draft. So we're going to talk about whether or not I think he is going to be a top 10 pick in the upcoming draft. As you know, last season, his sophomore season, he averaged 23 and a half points per game, eight and a half, or excuse me, 8.7 rebounds per game. As a sophomore, he was a finalist for the John R. Wooden Award as well as the Nysmith Trophy and was a unanimous All-Big Ten first-team player. Now, USA Today has put out their post-NCAA tournament mock draft, and as of right now, Murray is projected to go to the Trailblazers with the number six pick in the draft. Obviously, there's no guarantee that Portland will still have the number six pick once the draft rolls around, but Murray would fit in really, really well with the Blazers if he did end up in Portland, and I'm sure the Locked on Blazers podcast has talked about that a little bit. Go check them out. Absolutely great podcast. Uh, part of the Locked On Network. Go check them out. I'm sure they've talked about this already, but with Damian Lillard still recovering from his injury and the fact that Portland has lacked a reliable small and power forward this season, Murray would be a very, very solid option if they do have the opportunity to take him when the time comes. This past season for the Hawkeyes, Murray shot 39.8% from beyond the arc, so there's no doubt that he's going to be able to put up some numbers regardless of where he ends up. And there's little to no doubt that he will be taken inside the top 10. Once again, whether or not Portland is still going to have that number six pick once the draft rolls around, excuse me, once the draft rolls around, we'll have to wait and see. With the NBA's lottery system, they might not. It's, it's looking like they will, but there's always a chance that he could be taken before the Blazers have the opportunity to get their hands on him. Uh, Bleacher Report, ESPN, and The Ringer have Murray projected to be taken at fifth overall in their mock drafts, and as of right now, that would mean that he's headed to Orlando to play for the Magic. Now, if Murray is taken in the first round, he will be the first Hawkeye to be selected in the first round since Ricky Davis was taken with the 21st pick by the Hornets back in the 1998 MLB draft, excuse me, MLB draft, NBA draft. And we should have a better idea of when Murray will be selected when the draft order is set on the 17th of May. And of course, the draft is set to take place on the 23rd of June. Personally, I think that Murray will fit in best with Portland. They've been a consistent playoff team the last couple of seasons. I still think that he would do just fine with the Magic. I don't think that he will get as much playing time in his rookie season as he would with the Blazers. I think that 
if he's able to start his career in Portland, regardless of whether he stays there for the rest of his career, I think that if he starts there, then I think he'll be able to put up some better numbers and he'll have a better chance of becoming more of a standout player uh, early on in his first couple of seasons. Once again, like I said, they've, they've lacked a small and power forward during this season and Lillard is still coming off of an injury. So maybe maybe he'll get some more playing time in Portland than he would in Orlando. But obviously, at this point, if either one of those teams still has those picks, the fifth and sixth picks when it comes to the draft, I would be surprised. Because the way that the NBA's lottery system goes, it's personally, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like the way that they do things, it's just a little... It's a little too complicated. Like, it's more complicated than it needs to be. Um, but regardless of that, I think that his best spot will be with the Blazers. If you want to hear more about the Blazers and how, you know, how they're trying to go about this whole um, this whole draft and recruitment process, uh, go check out the Locked on Blazers podcast. They run a great podcast over there. Once again, that's Locked on Blazers. I'm sure they've talked about Murray a little bit since he is projected to be taken sixth overall. But once again, Bleacher Report, ESPN, and The Ringer all have Murray um, being taken at fifth overall. Um, once again, that means he'd be with the Magic. I don't want to see him with the Magic. It just it doesn't seem like the right fit. Um, obviously, they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna take him if they can. Uh, he's a good enough player that they're gonna want him on their team, regardless of whether he'll start as a rookie or not. Um, but like I said, we'll have a better idea of, you know, when, or excuse me, we'll have a better idea of where he's going to be at, um, on, on the 17th of May when the order is set. I think that once the order is set, we'll have, we'll, we'll probably know for sure whether or not he will be in Portland or not. But regardless of that, we will just have to wait and see. Now, I also want to talk about, uh, Iowa's D lineman. They have, really had a little bit bigger of a voice in the locker room this offseason than previous seasons. So we're going to talk about that. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about Built Bar. Yes, Built Bar. Uh, this is the time of the year where I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. I don't usually have very many, but this year I've, I've chose to stick to eating right. I want to stay in shape. I want to look good. You know, and I, I can do that thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them and it helps me with my workouts. And you need to try the puffs. If you haven't tried the Built Bar puffs, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. Yes, marshmallows. They're fluffy, they're gooey, they are so good. They're not just a protein bar, it's almost like you're eating a dessert and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors including a cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, they're all so good. And all Built Bars, like I said, are covered in 100% real chocolates. Yes, the Puffs included in that. They are low calorie, high pro, high in protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. You can replace your protein bars with these. You can replace your protein shakes with these. They are better than all of those. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories per bar. Built Bars, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four carbs, and 17 grams of protein all in one little bar. 
Go to built, go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com. Scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. Once again, high in protein, low in calories, high in fiber, low in carbohydrates. Most candy bars have around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a lot, a lot of carbs. But Built Bars even taste better with flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and all new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious and they have new flavors coming out all the time. So if you want to check out Built Bar, go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-15 to get 15% off of your order at checkout. Now, Iowa's D-linemen, obviously you know, their D-linemen, Iowa's D-linemen are very, very experienced in that there's there's three seniors and one junior on that D-line. John Wagner, Noah Shannon, Logan Lee, and Joe Evans, all very, very experienced guys from this Iowa team. They're all coming back from last season. D-line's coach for the Hawks, Kelvin Bell, said this week that he's glad that they are stepping up and letting their voices be heard throughout the locker room. He said in a statement this week about his guys, it's nice to hear some of the voices in the room speak up and kind of come into their own voice a little bit. I treat my room like an open forum. I encourage guys. I encourage discourse. I encourage those guys to speak up. If they're talking, that tells me that they feel comfortable, that they feel accepted, and that they feel some type of significance and they want to contribute. Since last season, there hasn't been much turnover at the D-line spots other than DN Zach. Excuse me, Zach Van Valkenburg, who being gone, he had 58 tackles and five and a half sacks last season. So he will obviously be a big loss for the Hawkeyes in this upcoming season. But regardless of that, Iowa still has a very, very experienced D line all throughout. All other D linemen returning from last season had fairly decent numbers. Wagner, Shannon, and Lee started all 14 games for the Hawkeyes. Lee had 48 tackles, 47. Wagner had 25. And all three of them combined for seven total sacks. Joe Evans and Lucas Vaness both had seven sacks of their own. Yahia Black had 18 tackles. And Deontay Craig had 14 tackles of his own as well. So I don't think that Iowa is going to have a problem at the D-line position or at any of the D-line positions this upcoming season. Just because like based off of how much experience all of these guys have, I don't think that there's any chance that Iowa is going to have any sort of problems at the D-line spots. It just, I don't really see that happening. Um, You know, having one junior, that's still not really going to affect anything. But Bell also said, quote, there's a lot of guys who have played a lot of football for us who are coming back. The changes, excuse me, that changes the dynamic of the room, and I appreciate that. Those older guys who are leading the way, I kind of know what to expect from them. The improvement I want to see from them isn't necessarily on the field. Don't get me wrong, they can still improve some. The improvement I want to see out of them is in the leadership role, the opportunity to help coach and help young develop guys, because that's where we've been able to do the last couple of years. And not a lot of people understand the fact that, especially when you're playing at the highest level of college athletics, like the Iowa Hawkeyes are at the D1 level in the Big Ten, the older you get, the harder it is to just be a player. Like, yeah, when you're a freshman and a sophomore, maybe even a junior, you're you're just a player at that point. You're not necessarily going through the motions, but you're going to practice every day. You're going to lifts. You're going to workouts. You're just trying to focus on bettering yourself as a player so that once you get to that starting spot or once you get to become a senior, 
you're prepared to know exactly what you need to do every single play, every single game, day in and day out. And with more experience comes more responsibility. And before you know it, you're a senior player who has also taken on some form of quote-unquote involuntary coaching. And you're making sure the guys who will be taking your spot after you're gone know exactly what to do in order to be the best they possibly can be at you know whatever position it is, whether it's interior D-line or D-end or whatever it is. These guys for Iowa, like Wagner, Shannon, Lee, and Evans, they all have to be some form of coach in their own way so that these freshmen and sophomores that are coming up behind them are going to know exactly what to do when the time comes for them to step in. And on top of that, it's not even necessarily like they have to coach them into being able to do what they do after they're gone, but what if they get hurt? You know what I mean? Like there's always a chance that Wagner, Shannon, Lee, and Evans could all go down with injuries this upcoming season. Granted, that would be an absolute travesty and nobody wants that, but there is always a chance that that could happen. And these young guys, these freshmen, sophomores, and other juniors are going to have to step up to be able to be in those positions where they can fully take over the responsibilities of these D linemen, these older guys that have been here. They know the process. They know what's going on. They know exactly what to do every play. These young guys are going to have to step up at some point sooner rather than later, hopefully, that they have to be prepared to know exactly what to do. And that's true for any position on the offense or the defense. The young guys have to know exactly what to do. They have to know the game plan in and out. They have to know the playbook inside and out to know exactly what to do. Because if you have a senior guy, say, say Riley Moss goes down you know, in the middle of the season with a, with another injury and say he misses more than three and a half games. Xavier and Wongpa is going to have to step up into that spot. Granted, we don't quite know where he's going to play at yet. As of right now, it doesn't seem like he's going to be at that um, defensive back position. He'll probably be at cash or at safety, but we'll just have to wait and see. That's a story for another day. Say Moss goes down and Wongpa is going to have to step up and be able to step into that role and play exactly the same as Moss did. That's just how it's going to be. And even after Moss is gone, he's going to have to step up and play exactly how Moss did and be that defensive, that Big Ten defensive player of the year caliber player that Moss has been year in and year out. So we'll just have to wait and see how the D-line steps up this season. Although it is nice to see that these guys are taking the initiative to make their voices heard in the locker room. They're encouraging these young guys. They're not, you know, they're not yelling at them when they do something wrong. They're encouraging them. They're coaching them. They're student athlete coaches now. Not only are they focusing on their classes, they're focusing on their their own side of the sport. They're focusing on bettering themselves every day so that they can get to the best at their position. And they're trying to coach these young guys to be the best that they can possibly be. I'm sure it's extremely, extremely stressful, but they're still finding the time to speak up in the locker room, make their voices heard over even skill positions like quarterback or running back. These D linemen are making sure that their voices are heard because they have been in this program long enough that they know exactly what needs to be said and who needs to hear it at what time. So the story of the day today, Alex Moda, 2023 recruit for the Hawkeyes, talks about what he thinks his role is going to be in the Hawkeyes offense uh, when his time comes. But before that, I want to talk about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source 
for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Obviously, opening day has come and gone. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Personally, I love esports. I can't use BetOnline because I'm not 21. I'm 18. Make sure you are 21 years of age. If you're going to use BetOnline sports betting, you must be 21 years of age. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Once again, go to BetOnline.net to check that out. Great website. I've seen it myself before. Once again, I have not used it, um, but I will end up using it once I am of age. So go check that out at betonline.net. So Alex Moda, he did an interview this past week about what he thought his, you know, what he thought his role was going to be for the Hawkeyes. Um, He talked a little bit uh, excuse me, I talked a little bit about Moda in my very first Locked on Hawkeyes episode as one of the best 2023 class recruits that Iowa has picked up in this offseason. A Marion native, um, Moda has rooted for Iowa since he was little. He grew up rooting for Iowa on Saturdays. And during the recruiting process, though, Iowa State was one of the main schools that saw him solely as a wide receiver which is his preferred position. As you know, if you go to his recruiting profile on 24-7 Sports or Huddle or wherever you want to go to find it, it he, he's listed as an athlete because he doesn't just play offense. He doesn't just play defense. He, he's versatile. He, he's, like a, he's like a Debo Samuel, but on offense and defense, if you know what I mean. So Moda, Moda has expressed that his primary position and his preferred position is is at that wide receiver spot, but obviously he can play more than a few different positions on offense and defense. At first, Iowa thought that Moda, he stands at six foot one, 180 pounds. They thought that he was going to be best at that defensive back position, but with the recruitment of Xavier and Wampa, Iowa expressed that they want Moda to stick to that wide receiver spot, which is ultimately what made up Moda's mind about where he wanted to go play ball. Apparently, I did not know this until I read about it yesterday, but apparently the day before Moda announced his commitment to Iowa, the coaching staff of the Hawkeyes called him up and they said that they wanted him to play wide receiver. And that was the final straw. The rest of it was history. He he knew that he wanted to play for Iowa, but he also wanted to stick to the position that he wanted to play at, which is at that wide receiver position. Obviously, if he, you know, if he underperforms or if he doesn't perform um, to where he wants to, he might end up switching back to that de- um, that defensive back position. Hopefully, that he can produce in the offense because Iowa's secondary is already so so strong. They they definitely don't need um, any more guys at that defensive uh, back spot. But we'll have to see how you know how his um, how his performance goes when he does get out on the field. And Moda spoke about his decision to attend Iowa and said, "quote It made a huge difference." It being that phone call uh, that I was talking about there earlier, there was a switch up in my brain where I was like, I'm going to Iowa. Moda also said about his commitment to Iowa, for me, it's been amazing. It's been less stressful. I don't have to worry about other coaches texting me. I can stay true to the Iowa Hawkeyes and talk to my family about Iowa. Ultimately, Moda chose Iowa over Iowa State, Wisconsin, and Nebraska, who are all 
big, great Big Ten schools. Well, I mean, maybe other than Nebraska, they haven't been great the last couple of years, but Wisconsin has been consistently good, um, and so is Iowa State. So it's great that Moda decided to stick with uh, the team that he's been rooting for. And, you know, going back to that, uh, that quote, I don't have to worry about other coaches texting me. What a problem that's gotta, that's gotta be. Just imagine you're sitting in math class one day and you get a coach for, or you get a, you get a text from a, a football coach. Like I'll just, I'll use Nick Saban as an, as an example. Is that such a burden? Really? Is that really such a burden? You're getting texts from D1 football coaches asking you to come on a visit and Wisconsin's head football coach went to one of Moda's basketball practices over over this past winter to talk to him about football. Like I get how that could become annoying, but personally for me, I might I might like the attention a little bit, you know what I mean? But obviously he is very very excited to be committed to Iowa and I'm very very excited to see where he is going to be able to, you know, where he's going to fit in best with Iowa at that wideout position or if he ends up switching to the defensive back position. We'll just have to wait and see. That is your story of the day. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Make sure you go check out me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Rye Hill, W-R-I-H-I-L. Same for the Instagram and for the Twitter. And make sure you follow Locked on Hawkeyes on Twitter and Instagram as well, at Locked on Iowa. And make sure you are staying up to date on the episodes on Spotify, on Apple Music, or on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts at. It's free, it's always been free, and it always will be free. Thanks for joining me on the episode today, guys. I'll talk later.